Welcome back. This is Perspectives, the show where we have a conversation about our differences only to discover more about the things we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. Next up, the Atlanta Opera, presenting its first main stage event of the new season with a new co-production of Giuseppe Verdi's Rigoletto, beginning November 4th at the Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center. It is one of the composer's most celebrated operas, telling a poignant tale of love, betrayal, and revenge. Our guest on the program today is singing the lead, Jilda. She is Jasmine Habersham, Georgia girl, born and raised in Macon. Hello and welcome to Perspectives. Hi, thank you for having me. Tell us about your journey as an opera singer and how you got started in this world. Yes, so um, I'm originally from Macon, Georgia, which is not too far from Atlanta. <laughs> Um, and um, I grew up in a very musical family. So I was exposed to a lot of different, um, you know, genres and, and, and um, different types of art and music. And, um, you know, particularly like I grew up singing gospel and like the gospel choir and, and those things. But um, my mother was a piano teacher. So I also had to do piano, <laughs> whether I liked it or not. <laughs> But um, I had the wonderful opportunity to attend this amazing arts program called Midsummer Macon. And it was basically this two week arts discovery camp at Wesleyan College. And it was there that I was exposed to, you know, again, different mediums of art and particularly classical singing. Um, I saw uh, Rita Davis do a recital there and I thought well that would be interesting I, I think I could like maybe do that and slowly like through the years as I went through the program I you know was like you know I think I might want to sing um, <laughs> and you know I, I was a piano student actually um, but I was like I just knew it kind of wasn't my thing and so um, along with that you know I I basically was kind of like singing in my room, <laughs> trying to see if I like had a voice that, you know, I would be matching pitch with like Christina Aguilera and, you know, and just singing to the radio. Um, and then I like finally went to my parents and I was like, you know, I think I want to sing. And I was in high school at the time. What'd um, they say? They're like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Because I was a very, and I still am to say, but a very like introverted, shy child. So they were like kind of surprised that I wanted to do that. But um, I sang for them and, and asked to get voice lessons. And then the kind of the rest is history. Um, another thing I would say that really inspired me too, that really like gave me that bug of, of uh, classical singing. Um, one of my favorite artists is Audrey McDonald. And... I remember while I was at that camp, uh, one of the teachers was like, oh, I want you to learn the song Ragtime. Uh, it's your daddy's son for Ragtime. So I learned it overnight and I came and sang it like two days later. And from that discovery, I was like, oh, well, who is this woman singing on <laughs> this amazing album? And it was Audra McDonald. And so I went and looked for more of her, of her music. and it was her album, Dream Variations. And I remember hearing the first track and it was this art song by Ricky Ian Gordon. And I just remember being like completely spellbound by what was happening. And I was like, okay, I gotta do this. 
Yeah. So tell me about your training and then how were you discovered? Because it's one thing to have a passion and know that you have the talent. And then it's mm -hmm. another thing to be singing lead in this, the Atlanta opera performance that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, so uh, as I stated before in high school, um, while I was in high school and while I was at that, that summer camp, um, Nadine Whitney <laughs> she was a voice professor at uh at Wesleyan College and someone told me they were like she wants to talk to you like and this is after she heard me singing your daddy's son and she was like oh I need to speak to this girl because she's so amazing and I want to like see if I can like give her voice lessons so that's how that started from there and so while I was taking lessons with her she advised me she was like I think you should study voice in college like I think you could definitely have a shot at having a career. And so I uh, applied and auditioned to a lot of schools. Um, and I ended up going to Shorter University in Rome, Georgia. And then uh, for my master's, I went to the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music, where I got my master's and my artist diploma. Um, and so from there, in terms of like being discovered, I, you know, I auditioned for lots of young artist programs. Um, and I was, uh, you know, for the summer, I was at the Glimmerglass Festival for um, a few years as a young artist. Um, and, and then from there, my career, you know, started to kind of build upon itself. Um, and, and that's how it kind of started. What drew you to the role of uh, Jilded? What do you find most captivating about her character? Oh, wow. So, I mean, the first thing, the music, Verdi's music is so, to me, hypnotic. And also it's, he is a wonderful master of storytelling. Um, the one thing that drew me particularly to Jilda was her lovely aria, Karonome. And I remember in grad school being like, oh wow, can I like sing this? And, and But I of course could. And really falling in love with the beauty of that music. Um, and also the range of emotion that, you know, she has throughout the piece. Um, it was just also another captivating moment where I was like, oh, this is so gorgeous. So um, I, of course, learned the aria. <laughs> and I, you know, potentially it's, you know, it was a role that I was like, you know, I hope this is something that I can do in the future. And it has been. And, and what I find so beautiful in amazing about her character there's this purity and innocence about her that in the midst of all the darkness of what is happening in the story you know she's uh held captive by her father um she ends up falling in love with this guy there ends up being um you know the the guy that she imagined that she's with it does not end up being the guy that she thought uh, but she, yes, she loves him. And yes, she has this sense of that she wants to save him. And, and also she's very calming to her father. Her father, you know, he's cursed in the beginning of the opera, but she's this reassuring light that everything's going to be okay. There's nothing to worry about. And, you know, it just, I think the beauty and the light of her character is what is most uh, beautiful to me about her. Um, also, the, all the music that she gets to sing, the duets. Um, there are some really tragic moments that happen in the opera 
where she's singing this duet with her father and it's it's extremely captivating and then as you see at the end she also has another captivating duet um as she is dying um so it's it's just an incredible role to sing and 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 I have to say the the how the role is is was written it's very you know challenging in the sense of where you're almost like this type soprano <laughs> coloratura and then you're like a lyric uh soprano and during the other half of the the show so there are times where I have to really manage how I sing it each act. And this is not the first time that you have performed this character, right? No, this is not. Yeah. How do you make each performance different or do you? You know, I think the, yes. Yeah, so to answer your question, I try to stay in the present moment of every performance. And I think that's what's so captivating about live performances. Things happen, <laughs> you know? Um, sometimes the voice might not be like, you know, it'll be good, but maybe like I don't with having a cold or something or, you know, and and it, there's so many factors that that come into it. But the main thing that I try to stay present for each and every performance in terms of, you know, how different I make it. I don't, I don't make anything different as far as the intentions. Um, but I've been in different productions where the intention is, you know, expressed in a different way each time. Um, so as I do it, you know, I, I keep all the intentions of who she is and, and what her character wants um, and, and what she's searching for and who is he searching for and all these things. Um, but I always just try to stay in the present moment of each, each time that happens. For the varying productions that you've been a part of, how does each production influence how you prepare? Yeah, so, you know, the way I think about productions is like, what kind of world am I in, you know? Uh, when I first did this, uh, I made my debut, my international debut at Opera North in uh, the UK in Leeds, England. And it was such an incredible experience um, that I had with Femi Efolowoji, uh, who was a Nigerian and actually the first Black Nigerian um, director, the first Black director to do an opera in England. It was crazy. Um, but How it was all that come together. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so that's also another story um um that after after this question I will definitely get into because it's it's like it's very serendipitous how that all happened um but in his world you know he particularly wanted a black Jilda and uh and a black uh Rigoletto because he wanted to discover a world of what would the world we would be like in the context of these two um, being a black father and daughter relationship in this world. And it was an astounding, absolutely astounding production um, because there were so many nuances from his Nigerian experience of, well, I would do like things like this if this were my daughter or, you know, just these little details that help weave the story in such an intricate way and an intricate and beautiful way. Um, 
so my whole point with this is that the first production I did was not traditional whatsoever. And then the second production that I did <laughs> was like very traditional. And this production is also not a non-traditional production, but it's such a, a very like, it, the mood of the piece is you can feel the like the the anxiety of like the darkness of the the of psyche and then you know again Jilda is this light that kind of balances all together um so like from being in each production it's like I step into a different world every time and for me it's really important to know the stakes of each world and what that means and you know, again, in the first production, I was singing on top of a zebra. And you're like, oh my gosh, like, why is there a zebra on stage? <laughs> well, the director wanted this sense of fantasy in Jilda's room, because this is the one place that she could be herself, that she was held captive by her father. And then in the other production, and particularly this Atlanta production, you know, I'm on a balcony, you know, and it's kind of set in the 1930s, but, you know, her escape is that, that image. Uh, her room is that image um, where she can go and think about her thoughts and, and everything. So, yeah. You mentioned then, the duets earlier, and I do want you to come back and tell us the story yeah. of, I have so many questions about your international debut. So first, yeah. go back and tell us the story behind how all of that came together with the Nigerian director. So and what's you in the lead? Yeah. yeah. So what's so crazy? I was actually here in Atlanta, um, getting ready to sing Mikaela in the Three Penny Carmen, and I got this call from my manager, and she was like, "Hey, so they're looking for Agilda and and you know, for Upper North." you know, um, the period of the time is four months. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to be overseas, you know, for four months. But, you know, of course I checked with, you know, my family and my husband to be like, you know, I think this will be a great opportunity for me to do. And uh, so then they were like, oh, so they'd love to hear you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so we had to do a Zoom audition. So what was, <laughs> as you know, um, Zoom auditions can be tricky because things happen. Uh, mind you, it was so funny. Like I was supposed to audition for them at like 3.30, but you know, they're in a different time zone. Like there were people, someone was in Germany. So there were some people in England. Um, and, you know, thank God I was early. Um, the time was actually later that I was supposed to be heard. Uh, but I did the audition um, at uh, a church here in Atlanta. Um, and yeah, they heard me and then they wanted me to sing something else. And I did. And then literally about five minutes later, I like got a call and they were like, we want you to have a part. Did your family make the trip across the pond to see you in your international debut? They did. They did. It was amazing. That had to have been wonderful for you. It was, it was. And like, you know, um, it's, it's amazing because my parents, it was particularly my dad, it was his first time overseas. Um, and so, you know, they got to explore England a little bit and then they went to Paris, you know, and so they made a really nice uh, trip out of it. And I, I was so happy they got to experience that. 
Um, also my husband, he got to spend some time with me as well. And that was just wonderful. And mind you, this was, you know, still very much in the height of the pandemic. Um, so it was, you know, there were some cautious times where like, I didn't get to go explore as much as I wanted to, but you know, it was great to be in that environment at that time. Tell me how you connect with the audience emotionally when you're performing. One of the ways that I try to connect, it's, it's harder, you know, it's much harder said than done. You know, when you're in your room and you're dancing, like no one's watching. Yeah. It's kind of like, I try to invite people in that way but there's like an audience, but we're all dancing. We're all there together. It's my goal whenever performing is that there is this kind of like loop of communication and energy. And that is always my goal. And one of the ways to get into that, I think of like, okay, let me just dance like no one's watching, but I know people are, but like, they're not there. I know, I know it's like super weird, <laughs> But it's like, and when I think that they're not there, I also think that like, oh, okay, you're with me in this. Like, we're not separate. We're not apart. Young girl growing up in middle Georgia becomes mm -hmm. an opera singer. Did you see this as being what your future was going to be? Yes, I did. Um, there are times where I <laughs> do have to pinch myself and be like, wow, I remember when I thought about doing this, right? All right. You know, it was like, I remember in undergrad, I, it was like right after my church job, it, one of my uh, choir members gave me a ticket to see um, the magic flute. And I remember, you know, driving down right after <laughs> my service when it's like about an hour, 45 minutes, trying to get down to Atlanta. And I saw Nicole Cabell singing Pamina and I just thought, man, I just would love to be up there one day. Um, and it's kind of amazing that this is my fourth role with the Atlanta Opera and that that's come to pass. So um, I'm very, very much huge into visualizing and being intentional about your thoughts and actions and, and um and really like being the thing that you wanna be and having that feeling of, okay, this is what I wanna do. This is what I wear. This is how I think about myself. I very much did see that in my reality. Our guest has been Jasmine Habersham. She is singing the role of Gilda in Rigoletto. The Atlanta Opera presents its first main stage event of Verdi's Rigoletto beginning November 4th at the Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you for having me. What a great story. Homegirl makes good <laughs> on the global stage. <laughs> I know your mom and daddy and husband are all super proud, aren't they? They are. They are. And and a lot of people from Macon are coming up, so it's it's exciting. It really is. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, I hope you'd let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condas Presley on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condas? C-O-N-D-A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. That's P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at the same time as we explore new perspectives.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.